0: grateful to be in this house today and we are ready to hear from you teach our hearts your word and help us to to understand what you have prepared for us i pray that you have mercy on me and your grace that lord will abound as i speak your word to your children I pray that your spirit of wisdom and revelation will help us to understand your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Wellness is it So it's good to be in the house of God. Actually, God gives us grace and each and every time that we have an opportunity to be in his house, as the way that we, we are, it is by His grace. And there is always a refreshment and there is always a new world, there is always a joy that God is, is giving unto us. So today we have a short of meditation, I can call it a talk or a sermon, with the title, The Just Shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So here are our leading verses. We'll start reading from the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. So it is a part of the of the of the fourth verse of the second chapter of the Habakkuk, where it reads. But they just shall live by his faith. Again, for the apostle, while he was writing to the church at Rome, at Rome, he repeated the same words from the prophet Habakkuk, where he says, "For in it, that is the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith." as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Again, the right of the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 38, it reads, now the just shall live by faith, but if, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So it is the same statement that has been repeated three times in the Bible, the same same words. So it shows the heaviness that it carries. So today we are going to, to just look and ponder on, on them. So here are our outlines for today's talk or sermon. Who is the just? In other words, or in other translation, the word just has been used as the righteous. Who is the just or who is the righteous? And Bible says the just or the righteous shall live by faith. Then what does it mean to live by faith? Or what does it mean when the Bible says that the just shall live by faith? And again, it says uh, oh why does the just or why does the righteous have to live by faith? And how to live by faith? Praise God. It is so important. Just as we have seen, the same same statement, the same same sentence has been repeated three times. So, it really shows how important it is and for us to, to understand or to grasp what God wants us to, to get from that. So, we start with the first outline or the first objective of today, to understand who is the just or who is the righteous. So the verses which are going to lead us into this um, subheading from the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 5, 21. Verses 21, yes. Bible says, For he made him God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. The second verse is from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 9. And be found in Him, be found in Jesus Christ, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. From the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. One This is so, so, so precious. So who is the just? Maybe before we go to understand who is the just, we have to understand the word righteousness. Of which, of course, uh, righteousness in the simpler terms, or in the simpler terminology in the simple meaning, it is a state of being right. And actually, that is the nature of God. It is the character of God. It is, it is uh, who God is. No wonder there several times the Bibles called God as the righteous God. So it is a state of being Right. It is a state of being right. It is a state of having no any kind of guilt, having no any kind of sin. Actually, the, the opposite of righteousness is sin. Just as we have seen uh, from the Second Corinthians chapter five verse twenty-one, He made who knew no sin, Jesus knew no sin, but yet He was made to be sin for our sake that we may become the righteousness of God. So Jesus was completely right. There was no sin in him. Yet he was made to be sin for our sake. And this is is, is by what? Because it is what has held the Christianity. The essence or the core of Christ to come on the earth is for us to be reconciled back to God. After what Adam did in the garden. We could not be in the right time with God, or we could not relate with God, if we had the same, same nature of sin. So God decided to deal with it by sending Christ to die on our behalf. As He died on our behalf, He took our nature. That was the sin nature. And then He gave us His nature, which is the righteousness. Buenas, if you this is very important and take note because where we are heading is important so righteousness is a state of being right righteousness is the nature of God and it is a state of being right and we become the righteousness of God or we are being justified justified or justification that is a legal term just like uh, when you go to the court and the judge is pronounced the verdict, guilt, and the other side, he pronounced not guilt. That is the justification. That because of the evidence that have been brought on my table, this one is guilt, this one is not guilt. And yet Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 1, be justified by faith. That God is pronounced to us, that God is pronounced to whoever that believe in Christ, not guilt. And justification leads to peace. The one that says, being justified by faith, now we have peace with God. We have come into terms, into the agreement with God because of that justification. So the just or the righteous is anyone who has put faith in Christ. Anyone who has good faith and anyone, anyone who believes in Christ and his finished work. Because that was the mission that Christ came to give us or come to rescue us. Bible says that he was given for our deliverance and he delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and he brought us to the kingdom of his uh, dear son. That means whoever that believes in Christ and what he came to do, what happens? That person is being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the light. And with the same say, the nature, of the identity of this person is changing, and this is a life-changing event. Because uh, among us, the thing that we are we are so confused nowadays is the issue of an identity. No wonder we see the the rising of LGBTQ. People, they are confused that am I a really man or am I really a woman? Or sometimes I don't know if I'm a man or if I'm a woman. Or sometimes they say, maybe am I binary? Or sometimes I don't know who I am. So it is an issue of identity. Yet in Christ we found a very profound identity amongst many of them. Anyone who believes, Bible says, we are being justified by faith. So, to answer the first question or to answer the the first outline is to know that anyone who believes in Christ or anyone who believes in Jesus is the just. So, when the Bible says the just shall live by faith, if I would expound it, I would say anyone who believes in Christ shall live by faith. So this is the prescription for the way the righteous or the just has to be. It has to be by faith. It has to be by faith. It has to be by faith. And if there is no faith, simply means there is no life to the just. Because the just has to live by faith. So if there is no faith, there is no life to the just. In other words, if there is no faith to the one who believes in Christ or in Jesus and what he has done, there is no life in that person. So the Bible has prescribed the way for the just to live. Bible has for the Bible has prescribed the way or the pattern or the culture. We define the culture as the total way of living or the total way of life. So the culture of the just, a culture of the righteous, it is a culture of faith. It is a culture of faith. Just like uh, the way I've put it, the prescription of the just is to live by faith. Just like you cannot give antihypertensive to the patient or to the person who is having diabetes because it won't help him or her. But the prescription of the just, the way of life of the just, he or she has to live by faith. Now we are going to see what does it mean to live by faith. And if we have to trust, it's all traced back to our father of faith who is Abraham. So we we'll look a bit on the lesson that we learned from Abraham, before he was called to be Abraham. Open with me in the book of Genesis, chapter 12. From there we can can have a glimpse or we can learn some of the outlines. Because if the Bible says uh, Abraham is the father of faith, then if we want to learn about faith, we have to trace back to Abraham. Yeah? So, the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verse 1. Mind you, we are expounding on the way the just has to live. Anyone who believes in Christ. We want to, to understand the culture. We want to understand the way of life of the just. And if it has to be by faith, then we have to learn from our father, who is Abraham. From the book of Genesis chapter 12, we read from verses 1 up to verse 4. Now, the Lord had said to Abraham, before he was called Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Then God continued the promises to Abraham. But we we'll go to verse number four. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And the Lord went with him. So the Lord appeared to Abraham. Or to Abraham. He said, Get out of your country. It was all of Chaldeans. Then go to a place that I'll show you. Then after giving him the instructions, he gave him the promise that I will bless you and will be a blessing and you will be a great nation and your name shall be great. The Bible says in the fourth verse, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. There are so many things to learn from this part of the scripture. And from here, we'll try to to extract some of the things. So, in the life of faith, or in the culture of faith, God always starts with a promise. There can't be faith without promise. So the beginning of anything that has to birth out faith, there has to be a promise. No wonder when He appeared unto Abraham, He said, Depart from the house of your father. Go into a place that I will show you. In there I will bless you. And your name shall be great. And you shall be a blessing. So, number one thing that we have to take note is in the beginning of any kind of uh, venture or any kind of anything that God wants you to do, it starts with the promise of God. So here, here we, can, we, can, we, can, we can expound to say that uh, the just or the righteous or anyone who believes in Christ, he or she must have the promise of God in his or her life. Because from that promise is where we get Abraham believed in God because of what God spoke to him. So he believed in the instruction that God gave, or gave him. him. So what is this promise? The promise is the word of God, or in the instruction that God gives. As we have seen from the chapter of Genesis uh, 12, God appeared to Abraham and gave him instructions. So those instructions were the promise of God. So there has to be the promise, there has to be an instruction before anything. So promise of God or the, the Word of God is the one who sponsors or is the one which guarantees the succession of any kind of sphere in the life of the test. So when we say the word of God or the promise of God, in the Greek word they say it as a rhema, word, that means the word of the moment, the momentary word. It is not must that it has been written in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the book or in the Bible, but it is the instructions that God gives, or it is the personal instruction that God is instructing a person. And this is the one which guarantees or which gives a sponsorship to make sure that any venture is succeeding in the life of a believer or in the life of a Christian. So before God has done anything in the life of a person, there must be a word of God. No wonder John chapter 1 records, in the beginning, there was a word. So in the beginning of anything, there has to be a word. This is the pattern of the just. This is the culture of the just. So the just does not just start anything unless he or she has heard the word of God concerning what he or she wants to embark on. Because out of that word, out of that instruction, that is where faith is being birthed. And with that, the same same word, it's the one who sponsors that activity or that venture. One sphere, because the word of God is a seed, and within that word, it carries the power and the energy to sustain one's life or one's sphere of life. One sphere. So having faith, I like the way the Bible has put it, especially in in the fourth verse after the promises that God gave Abraham Abraham simply Bible says so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken so Abraham obeyed God that is what Paul is writing in the book of Romans that Abraham obeyed God and it was counted for him righteousness so God spoke a word, faith now comes when we obey into the same same instructions or the word that God is speaking to us. Mind you, most of the time, a lot of time, what is happening? The word of God, just like I said, it is a seed. It always starts or it looks like a small thing. It looks like a small thing a small thing, like a mustard seed, so I can say. But when we take it, and when we embrace, and when we obey, as God has instructed, that seed has the potential to grow, to become a forest. So before of any project, before of anything that God wants to, you will always come and speak to your heart. There are so many ways that God is speaking to us even today, sometimes just in thoughts, sometimes in prayer, sometimes through another person. And deep inside you know this is what God wants me to do. But most of the time it is not looking so convincing at that particular time. Just like today, God just appeared, you have to be part from your father's house. To where? No that instruction. Where will I do there? There is no that instruction. Just depart, I will show you what to do next. Abraham believed God on that. So one thing that we extract from here is uh, every every embarking project or anything has to start with the world and the world is a seed and the beginning of anything. Might not be convincing at a time. But as we take and we embrace the word of the instruction that God gives, with a time, it will eventually make sense. So, in other words, so that we can put, is the just shall live by the promise of God. The just shall live by the promise of God. wa mungu naishi. The question is, what is the promise of God over your life? Because that is what you are meant to live, And that is what your life has been designed or has been centralized to live for. If you don't have the promise of God, you don't have faith. And if you don't have faith, you don't have life. You might be seen to succeed in anything that you're doing, but uh, what I've come to learn about God, most of the things of God, they are so paradoxical compared to to the way we think. Sometimes the person whom you think is strong in the eyes of God is so weak. Sometimes the person who is seems to be weak in the eyes of God is so strong. And sometimes there is that illusion, we're using wrong parameters to measure our success or to measure what it means to achieve something. But God has his own standards and parameters, and that is the blueprint in the Word of God. But my point is, what is the promise of God of your life? Abraham heard the promise of God, go out. Depart, I will make you a great nation. That was for him. What is yours? Because out of that, Abraham believed God and God made him a great nation. So what is is the promise of God over your life? What is the promise of God over your family? What is the promise of God over your career? What is the promise of God God in anything that you're involved in? Because from that promise of God, that is where you draw your life on the just. If there is no promise of God, or in other words, if there is no instructions of God in that particular thing, you are lost. You don't know the sustainability of it. Because sometimes we are so moved with what we see on outside. I've heard there are so many opportunities in so in, in, in place so and so. So let me go. You haven't had anything from God. You haven't received anything from God. You just want to live just like anyone else who lives. or oh, I just want to live like anyone else who lives being so opportunistic that because there is so many opportunities I think I'll make a lot from there. Then you need parts. But mind you, it is not because you have heard the instruction that God gives you. There is a part of intelligence that we really need to be able and our minds have to be wide open to see what God wants us to but that intelligence has to follow what God is instructing or what God is putting in our heart. So we should not be moved with what we see on our outside, because m- many things, they are not the way they are as we see them in their actual sense. Just like uh, the so common uh, meme that in the social media, many things are not. As they portray to be, so is in every sense. In such a when we are, we are so moved with what we see on, that maybe because that place, the so i will so flourish over there. It has to be sponsored by what God wants us or wants you to do. and that is the way we just want to So if it is to depart from a certain place to another from your comfort zone, from what thing you want to do and to establish, the greatest source of that move, it has to be because you are convinced, remember, this is what God wants me to do. If not, tarry and wait for what God has for you, because with that promise, with that word, there is. Our protection, all there is, your protection, your protection, and your provision. In the promises of God, there are those three things which are so important and vital. Again, let us go and study from Isaac, son of Abram. Genesis chapter 26. Verses 1, 2, then we'll go up to verse 6. Bible records that uh, there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of Philistine in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you, dwell in this land, and I'll be with you and bless you. I like verse number six. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. So um, in the history or back in the days, there was a famine in the time of Abraham. And in that time, Abraham departed and he went to the Egypt. After the famine was over, then he returned back to his land. So Isaac learned it from his father. That whenever there is a famine, find a way to go to Egypt. You'll find your security and your protection. After the famine is over, then you shall return back. So he was sorting out on how to go to to Egypt. Bible says he went to the king and... Uh, For those uh, uh, to get the permission so as to go to Egypt. But God appeared to Isaac. And this time he told him, or he told him, do not go to Egypt. Stay in the land that I've given you. Mind you, he allowed Abraham to depart or to go to Egypt. But this time he's telling Isaac, do not go. I like the way Isaac responded. So Isaac, if you read this, the sixth verse, the Bible says, Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Just like uh, the part of the scripture that we have read about Abraham, Abraham departed as obedience to the instructions of God. So Isaac stayed as obedience to the instructions of God. So what matters is not us going out or departing or staying, what matters is under what authority are you departing or are you staying? To Abraham, it was God who told him, You have to depart. Then he departed as God instructed him. Yet with no knowing with not knowing what or where will he go and what he will be doing. But to Isaac, Lord told him, Stay with you. With not knowing what will happen after I stay in Gerard. There is a famine and everyone is dying. And how is God telling you to stay? So you'll come to learn that uh, the greener pasture is not because of it. its greenish, but it, it is all oh, the greener pasture. It is where God has commanded you to be. Where God has is leading you is where is your green pastor. Buana To Abraham he departed. To Isaac he stayed. In every uh, occasions it was because of God. So sometimes. it there comes an opportunity, and deep inside it, you, know there's something is telling them this is not for me, or this is not what I'm supposed to. With everything that is looking around, it is look like it is a big deal. When I I press this, it's just a matter of time. Boom! All of a sudden, I've incurred a lot of profit. But God sees beyond. God sees our tomorrow. And when he says stay, he means what he says, And when he says depart, he means what he says, No matter what is changed around, one has to be. So the main difference that we are seeing from Abraham and Isaac that Abraham was taught by God to move out of his country. But Isaac was taught by God to stay. That were their differences. But the common thing that they have is both of them obeyed God. And God was with them. So what guarantees our success, or what guarantees our prosperity, or what guarantees our flourishment is God to be with us where He has called us to be. No wonder the Bible says about Joseph and that Joseph was a prosperous man. Because the Lord God was with him. And the Bible records about Abraham, records about Isaac, that the prosperity or the flourishment of anything, it is because there is God in that place. No matter what the palace looks like or what the opportunities look looks like, if there is no God in that, there is a failure. Sometimes we, we, we don't understand because we don't have that ability to see in the larger spectrum as God is seeing. But I was studying uh, the book of 1st and 2nd Samuel coming to 1st and the 2nd Kings. There are kings who reign over 50 or 30 years. Most of them they are started very well after time. Most of them in the end, they they finished not in the way that they have started. So because we, we don't see the ten years ahead, we don't see the five years ahead, and sometimes we are so confused with what or the way other people are, are, are succeeding, in. The, some of them in their wicked ways, but we don't know or we don't see tomorrow. But God knows. So when He is with us, and that is our assurance in His life. Well, I feel. And here we get uh, a lesson from the uh, John 12:26. Jesus Christ saying, "If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also." So as servants of Christ, as servants of Jesus, we have been called to be where Jesus is. Because sometimes we want to serve God in our own ways. And serving God, we serve God through our careers, we serve God through uh, our family, we serve God through so many ways that God has blessed us. And it has to be by His own prescription. So where I am, Jesus say there my servant will be also. So I, as the servant of Christ, am supposed to be where God is for me. Not to go where I want and pray God to bless me where he is not there for me. So another, another question to ask every now and then is, is where I am with Christ is for me because I've been called to be where he is and to serve where he has called me to. Not to what it seems around to be convincing. So, I'm winding up. Why does the just has to live by faith? There has to be a reason as to why the just has to live by faith. The first one is found in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Where the Bible reads, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you die, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So, your life, as a believer of Jesus, my life is hidden in God. God is the one who knows me. Because it is hidden in him. Mind you from what we are learning about faith or from Abraham and Isaac. It is obedience to the instructions that God gives. That is what faith is. Isaac obeyed God. Abraham obeyed God. And it was counted for him as righteousness. So when God is convicting you or when God is putting a burden in your heart. Or when God is giving you an idea in your mind. And when you are obeying it, he is giving out of the resources that he has for your life. So out of his disposal that he has accumulated, all the blueprint that he has for each one of us, now he says, do this. And you wonder, the environment is not supporting. There is this, there is this, there is this. I cannot do this. Because most of the time it is not looking on this as you have seen from Abraham, as we have seen from Isaac. But deep inside, you know, this is the move that God wants me to take. But when you look on outside, it's so hard to take. But we have to believe God because our lives, our lives are hidden in Him. Out of the disposal that God has for each one of us, that is where He put, or he put those promptings in us, all those instructions. So maybe there are, there are people who are being taught by God to move. Move out of motion, move out of so and so. But when you are looking you are not so sure of where you are heading, then you are, ah, I cannot take this. And the other people God is telling them stay, stay, stay. But you feel like I want to move because place so it so there are so many opportunities I might miss them. But our lives are hidden in Christ. And the way to decode them, it is by obedience to the instruction that God gives. So why does the just have to live by faith? The Bible says, from the book of Psalms 31, verse 15, from the Passion Translation, it reads, My life, my every moment, my destiny, it is all in your hands. So my life, my all moves, it is in the hands of God. He knows what my tomorrow looks like, He knows what my future looks like. So, when we have to obey Him, it is because He knows what He has for us. And when we are not obeying, we are hindering another step or other steps of us receiving from what He has programmed for us. So, our every move, our every moment, our every destiny, it is in the hands of God. So, when you are convinced that this is what God wants me to do, then do it. Then do it. So a call to a life of faith is completely reliant on God's guidance. That is, we obey or rely on God. For He is the one whom our times are in His hands. The fact that he is called the Ancient of Days, it is because he has been, he the creator of this universe.
1: He has lived
0: with so many generations in the past. Some of them we can even read in the Bible. So many generations of past. So many days. So many days. Way to Amotun affirm in the history. So when he says, or when he puts any kind of prompting, and you know this is the move that God wants me to trust Him, and this is the life or the call to us as Christians, a complete reliance on Christ or on God's instructions. As we are winding up, I want us to to sing this hymn. Then we shall pray. Trust and obey. When we walk the Lord, in the light. <coughs> Even when the circumstances and uh, the environment is not supported. Father, we are praying for the grace to trust you. We know sometimes what we see overwhelms our hearts. And it becomes difficult to trust you. But as you have reminded us, that is the way we are supposed to completely you so In our every move, in our everything that we want to do. In this life, because that is the way you have designed the justice to live. it has to be by faith. It has to be by reliance on you, completely reliance, and that we cannot attain or we cannot achieve on our own. That is why we need your grace. I shall unto our hearts and in our spirit the grace to trust, to trust even in the hardest decision that we have to make. It calls us to trust, gave us that grace so that we trust in Jesus' name.